Hello, this is Julian Clary. Christopher Biggins. Toby Sawyer. Bridget Fairbrother. Hayley Crawford. Stuart McConey. Noah Mark Gatiss. And on a Tuesday night, I want you all to listen to... Tuesday Night Out. Tuesday Night Out. Tuesday Night Out. Tuesday Night Out. On WFM. It's not just for the gays. Any old riffraff can tune in. So stay in and listen. Words like violence break the silence. Come crashing in. This is a podcast from The Gay Show, Tuesday Night Out. Downloading this show doesn't mean you're a gay. And anyway, nobody knows you're listening. That was a rubbish remix and a half, wasn't it? So not auspicious, then. No. No, I didn't like that. No. Sorry, that was Depeche Mode. Enjoy the silence, I would have done. I would have, yeah, I would have preferred three and a half minutes of silence. I'd have that. preferred the original. We could, oh, I'm sorry. That's a good, that's, anyway, it's Tuesday night out. It's a pretty much the normal start there, really, getting it wrong. We're here, we're queer, and we're not going to play any more music. Is no. that rubbish? 
But we don't need to play any more music because our guest has brought enough in to fill the next four and a half weeks. Yeah, looking like it's all from the 1930s, but oh, looks right. of his, but looks of the wax disc. Yes, no, sorry, we don't have a wax cylinder player here. No, Never mind. Never mind. Oh. Yes, but he's brought one of those uh, those tea chests and a string and a and a, and a bit of wire and a yeah, broom I, thing. What is that? I think there's, there's a bit of cardboard outside I can use as a wobble board. Oh, and I'll paint something later on it. Can you tell what it is yet? Yeah. I didn't realise he was from London. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, roll fairy sap devils and pears. <laughs> it's Tuesday night out. Hurrah! We're here, we're queer, and we're not going shopping. No, because we've already been. No, because our guest has bought us chocolates. I know. But they keep telling me they've all got nuts in. Yeah, so you can't have them. What a pity. Isn't it? Shame. No, it's got nuts in, Murray. You can't no, have it's got nuts, it's got nuts in, in. Murray. I'm not this even one, allowed to look at the ingredients. This one tastes nice, so it's got nuts in. Nuts You're not allowed to. Yeah, exactly. No. And all the purple ones have nearly gone. I know. But, well, they're, they're, they're chocolate truffle with nuts. With nuts. With, with not definite nuts, yes, in the old. Yes. Look, he's he's fingering the goods as we speak. I'll just have a I'll just have a custard. Oh, oh I've just been handed a non-nut one. one. Oh, fabulous! <laughs> what he doesn't know is those are the ones with nuts in. We're just waiting for them to go purple and stop breathing. So I might die on the show. So uh, what have we got coming up in tonight's show, darling? <gasps> gay news. We'll have some gay news. We'll have some some gay news. Yes, not, not a lot. We've got we've got a fair few follow-up stories from last week's gay news. Actually, that have I, we? That I've found. Have you? Yes. What have you been doing work for? Well, at least one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, we will have, of course, your flashback track. Flashback we'll track. Come in just a second. Torch song. Is the torch song as well? Yes. And um, we have guest. We have got a lovely guest. He's been with us before, and we invited him back because he was good value. Well, he yes. was all right. You know. We like anyone that's older than us. So uh, it makes and us unfortunately, feel unfortunately, that category of people's getting smaller and smaller it is. by each day for us. There's not very many left. They keep on popping off. They do. Now Edward Woodward Woodward has gone. Oh, I know. Well, well. Mm, never mind. Yeah. So, Edward yes. Woodward's gone. Jedward have gone. My I know. Word. I've got some Jedward news. You for haven't, you. have you? I've got Jedward oh, news. Oh, I don't think we'll have time for that. What a pity. Oh, yeah. Show's over. Bye. Tuesday night out. So, what have we got coming up tonight? We've got Colin. He's going to talk mm. to us all about HIV and AIDS. Mm. Uh, as it's World AIDS Day next week. Mm. And we're going to talk to you next week. We will be bringing you uh, the World AIDS Day vid show. Yes. I don't know how we're going to do it. It's going to take one hell of a piece of string and two yogurt pots to get oh, that from I the city centre, but we'll, uh, we'll find a way. It'll be a bit like that woman on the advert who takes the, the brush from the dentist chair and almost stretches it all the way home. Yes, I know what she's going to do with that as well. Mm. For cleaning around the loo. Anyway, I'd like to welcome our guest to the, for yeah, the evening. Please, please. Have you got, have, if your mouths are empty, boys, you can start talking to us. Hopefully yeah. you've got more interesting stories than Murray has. I'll try. Oh, mind you, it's much difficult it's not, not difficult, to hear, really, is it? You two just talk amongst yourselves. Thanks. Hi. Hi. How are you doing, Hello, Colin? Colin. Well, Hello, Colin. Welcome back. Can I just ask you a question? Yes, of can. Why are you being so ageist tonight? We always are when you're around. Yeah, thank you. That's okay. We have to be, we have to be something-ist. Uh, yes. Yes. Isms or ists <laughs> or phobes, generally. 51 and proud, Murray. 51 and proud. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're looking fabulous. Thank you. Have you noticed how I've got the, uh, the headphones to match your hair? <laughs> have you? They're silver. I, I can't see myself, can I? How would I know? Silver that? headphones. I can still wear black headphones. Yeah, all right. Yes. Never mind. So, Colin. Yes, darling. Where are you from? I'm from George House Trust. I'm very proud to be from George House Trust, the HIV support organisation for the northwest of England. Indeed. And what is it your role is there like? I'm service and development manager. And okay. I'm responsible for the services that we deliver to HIV-positive gay men. 
Okay. And you're also quite big in vigils, aren't you? I'm sorry? You're quite big in a vigil. <laughs> so I'm told, yes, yes. I am. I, I, I was responsible for the um, Pride vigil this year, which I think was um, a huge success, if I can say that about a vigil. Bit of an odd thing to say, really, isn't it? About a vigil, it is. But, yes. but I think it was. We got lots of really good feedback uh, about about the vigil. And um, I'm I'm managing the uh, vigil for World AIDS Day uh, next Tuesday, December the 1st, as you will know, Murray. Indeed. It is World AIDS Day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Next Tuesday at 8 o'clock, isn't it? Isn't seven. It? I've been telling everybody it's 8 o'clock. <laughs> oh, no, you've seven. probably been doing the same, but it's actually 7. It is a 7. If seven. you come at 8, everybody will be in Via Fossa drinking mulled wine. They will be oh. panicking trying to get the tape that we've made <laughs> exactly. from, from there to here, because exactly. we are going to play it last uh, It is 7. Week. It is 7. 7 o'clock. Seville Gardens. Okay. It'll, it's the dark bit in the corner, yes. So, yes, I was talking to Emma from the LGF the other day, saying that all oh, the yes. sound system and everything was ready, and they've cool. got all that ready, and they've given the, the place a little bit of a brush-up. Well, I'm glad they've done that, then, because I can just march in and manage. Indeed. <laughs> I was yes. say, with you saying it's just a little dark bit in the corner, if it's, there were a lot of people going down to company bar by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I was in company bar on Saturday. You and the were. toilets got posh. Oh, have they done them all? Have they done them all? I actually went in. I don't normally go in. Oh. In the toilets? Yes. Do you remember how the toilets were? Were they all white well, tiles? So posh now they're all silver things and big silver walls and i can't remember going in there before no well why they still have got the what always annoys me they've still got the cross there it's like no one ever goes on that cross don't they (laughs) (laughs) have you been on that cross no no i haven't there may be people listening no i haven't okay i'll just put the faders (laughs) down not really. And then you can tell us that you have. <laughs> Indeed. So they newly done toilets in uh, Company Bar? Yes. Excellent. I don't know why I'm sitting here advertising Company Bar's toilets. No, it's great. But there you are. Have you been in the new one across the road, the parlour? Went in that one. Um, I've uh, not been in there Yes, yet. the other weekend when I was out with some mutual friends, Murray. Oh. Um, and we, we wandered in. But I thought, the strange thing about it was, I thought that was a straight bar, because last time I was down, down the village. Down the village. Down the village. Down the village. 1952. Last time I was down the village, um, I went into company, and as I came out, got a shot of parlour bar, the parlour it's mm. called, isn't it? Mm. And it was full of heterosexual people. No. It, well, indeed. And in I, our village. And I said, I said, I did say... It's a straight bar on, on Richmond Street, which seemed very odd. But actually, when I went in the other week, it was all Hermers. Oh. It was really nice. Actually, I quite like it. It's a bit it's, different. It's, I've, I've, I've not been in because I was a bit drunk at the weekend. That's why I ended, ended, right. ended up down the stairs in the company bar twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a bit it's, small. It's, it's the old uh, hairdressers, isn't the it? The old hairdressers, the old Tyler Fraser. So it must be very small, then. It's very small, and they've got a tiny little bar, but it's actually got a nice atmosphere. It's a bit quirky, and I like that. It's a bit okay. different. Maybe. Hmm. You know how sometimes you get these straight bars that have function rooms, and maybe once a month they do a gay night yes. in them? Yes. Maybe yes. this is a gay bar, and once a month it does a straight night. Yeah, could for, be. for wannabe gays? Could for, be. Possibly. Or people who like the gays. Yes. Are there any people out there that do? Oh, lots of them. Oh, Peter yes. Tatchell doesn't, you know. Oh well, he was in the paper this week, in, in the news this week, complaining about about the gay men on television. Doing we're all what? we're all just camp, and the gay, okay. gays in the media are just camp, and that's because that's all that the, the bosses, the BBC, and television will put on. And what he said was, and if you don't know anything about it, I'll hit you with my handbag. <laughs> exactly, dearie, or your mallet. Oh no, don't mention him. No. So, what is the state of HIV in Manchester at the minute? To get down to serious business. Um, let's yeah. get serious about it. I mean, I mean, the, the rates, the last figures that came out um, from the public health service are that um, figures are rising and, and worryingly uh, rising amongst gay men in Manchester and in the northwest. And, and one would think that with the 
messages that have been out there for many years that that wouldn't be the case. So that's a little bit of a worry in terms of my work with gay men that the figures are actually rising there. So and amongst younger people as well, we're seeing a few. Yeah, Elton John last week said that he was concerned yeah. about it, didn't he? Yeah, amongst and, younger people. Yes, and and before we start slagging him off, which we could mm. do with relish, I do want to. I yeah. would never slag. Yeah, slag Lord okay. Elton John Elton, off. Elton John pays my wages. I'd certainly. Um, I'd eat the relish first and then <laughs> slag him off. Oh. For whatever you might think, he, do, he does actually do lots of, lots of really fantastic stuff around um, prevention and awareness and, and funds lots of projects, one of which being one that I manage. Um, oh, does he? Yeah. Well, the Aunt John AIDS Foundation do, in, in yeah. theory, do pay my salary, which is, does arise, give rise to the joke occasionally. And, and he, he did pays actually, my wage. He did actually oh. make quite a valid point that it's sort of, it's a 10-year generational thing and we're sort Absolutely. of at the end of the 10 years and so it's like the message now has to be reinforced for those people who've just sort of reach the age where they should know. The problem, though, is what, what the message is. Mm. That, that, you know, there's a constant debate in the whole kind of HIV community, HIV field, and professionals who, who work with HIV about, yeah, there needs to be a message given to, to younger people and, and to gay men and to the gay community. The, the question is, what should that message be? Mm. Because there's a lot of people who are still saying we need to scare people stupid. But actually, people like me in my professional life, working with positive gay men who are recently diagnosed, will say... You're okay, you can get on with your life. Hmm. You know, things might be difficult, hmm. but these days you can get on with your life. So this whole idea of a, a scary you're gonna die tomorrow message just isn't true. Yeah. And so so people, you know, I, I'm really keen to kind of think laterally around how we get messages out to people about why they shouldn't, hmm. if you like, become HIV positive. And one of the issues one of the biggest issues is around stigma. Yes. Uh, you know, because that's what people report as the biggest issue for them living with HIV is the stigma that they face. And, and let's face it, the scare tactics don't work with other things either, because if you think about cigarettes yeah. and, you know, the, the messages on them, the pictures on them, they've got worse and worse and worse and worse, but it's not stopping cigarettes being sold. So. But the, yeah, you're right, and the whole myth was that it ever did anything in the early days around don't die of AIDS, don't die of ignorance, because it never really did. Yeah. It, there was never any proven evidence that it slowed down the rates of infection. It didn't. So there's a whole thing. You're right to say we need to get a message out. The really big 64,000 million billion dollar question is what's the message we should be given? And how, exactly. how should it be given out? Yeah. Because a lot of the time people now think, oh, well, I can just take a pill and yeah. my life's sorted anyway, so why should I be bothered? And in many ways they're right. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, in the Western world and, and you know, we must remember that not around the world, but in the Western world, treatments are better than they've ever been. If you're diagnosed positive, you're diagnosed early... You get the treatment when you need it. You will get on with your life. Yeah? Yes. So, so I mean, and, and that comparison is about how we look at things, if you like, worldwide. Which brings us back to World AIDS Day. You know, the, the theme this year of World AIDS Day is universal access to treatment and human rights. So there's a real issue there on World AIDS, which we might pick up later, I guess. Grow up children, don't you suffer At the hands of one another It'd be like a sleeping demon
This is Julian Clary on Tuesday Night Out. It's not just for the gays. Lorry drivers listen as well. They do. And according to, according to a conversation we were having earlier on, in the M6, um, M6 southbound toilets at Knutsford Services. Listen, yeah. Hmm. Apparently we're piped in live. But that's just a rumour. So this is Tuesday Night Out. We're here with Colin from George House Trust today. And we're talking all about HIV and, and World AIDS Day as it is next Tuesday. So what is World AIDS Day about, Colin? What's, why does it exist? It exists because the epidemic is global and and I think, you know, it's a chance for us to concentrate on that particular aspect of of HIV and AIDS, although, you know, AIDS in the Western world is a very rare thing these days. Yes. Um, AIDS and AIDS-related illnesses, AIDS-defining illnesses are very common in sub-Saharan Africa uh, for reasons which are quite apparent, that people don't have access to life-saving drugs. And really, World AIDS Day, which began and was started in 1988... Um, yep. is an opportunity to, to look worldwide and to, and to look at what kind of issues there are for people living with HIV worldwide. And, and World AIDS Day always has a theme, and, and this year's theme is um, universal access to treatment and human rights. As a worldwide thing. As a worldwide thing. If you think that in this country people who are diagnosed positive who need medication have instant access to it, 
to life-saving medication, which these days does prolong life and means that people can live a fairly normal, healthy life. Of the people living with HIV across the world, of, it, of whom it's estimated there are about 35 million at the minute, 65% of those people, 65%, don't have access to life-saving drugs. So the, the question has to be, how on earth can we deal with the epidemic in this country and slow down rates of infection if we're not going to deal with it in Africa and other parts of the world where people don't and can't have access mm. to treatment? Yeah, we can't just put the barrier up and just pretend that this Absolutely. is not happening anywhere else, can Absolutely, we? because it is happening. It is happening. And, you know, it, it's about the pressure, uh, putting pressure on drug companies to drop their patents so that generic drugs can be made. It's about making healthcare and campaigning for free healthcare for all so that we can really address the issue of the global epidemic. It's not going away. You know, it's been around now we, that we know of for 25 years. Um, and, and we really need to focus in on a, on a world level. And that's what World AIDS Day gives us an opportunity to do. And what is the theme of this year's one you were telling us before? Universal access to treatments and human rights. Okay. Hmm. Um, and what, can we, what, what good in Manchester, do having the vigil in Manchester, will that do anywhere else? I think for me what it does is it's, it's, it moves away a little bit from, I mean, you know, people will be aware of the vigil that happens over Pride. Vigils are very... A very kind of focused on the gay community event and, and as it should be and, and you know I'm very proud as a gay man that that's what we do that we come together you know 3,000 people this year came to, 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 to kind of uh, stand shoulder to shoulder with positive people and remember people they'd lost I think what's really good about Manchester is that over the years the World AIDS Day vigil has grown from what it used to be which is you know a couple of people and a dog basically who yeah. came um, to last year a lot of people who came and I think it's really important that Manchester continues to lead the way in recognising the issues around HIV, but also reaching out across the world, if you like, to say we're standing with you, actually. And on World Days of the Vigil next week, we will have an African woman speaking about the issues around HIV for her. Um, these are real current worldwide issues. We've got to get out there and campaign and do what we can to ensure that people have access to treatment. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Because in, in Manchester, we do think it's just a gay men's thing, don't we? It's, I, I think it affects a, no one else. Yeah, and I'm not sure everybody thinks that. But I think sometimes it's a, you know, we, we can be a little bit introspective, can't we? We can think, well, here it is. It's our community. And, you know, the other thing that you will have heard me say many times before, but the one thing I am very proud of as a gay man is that, you know, politically, we were the people who responded to the epidemic. We were the people who did something about it. We got off our backsides and did something. Yes. And I think now, you know, what our African friends are saying to us is, can you do something to help us as well? Yeah. Um, and why would we not? Yes. Why would you not say, you know, you're diagnosed HIV positive in Malawi, you've got no access to treatment virtually. It's very, very difficult. And there is a de then a death sentence, isn't You will it? die. Yes. You will die. When you could be Full living stop. a normal life if you've got Absolutely. some treatment. Absolutely. And then, you know, the whole, it brings, I suppose, the whole kind of asylum seeker and kind of stuff that people then bring up about people coming here, blah, blah, and blah. Immigration. Blah, blah, you, know, and, and, yeah. you know, the one thing I always say is if you were then, if you were diagnosed in a country with no treatment, would you not do everything you could to, to save your life to get to a country that to get to a country you. that could yeah. treat you yeah. so that you had a life for your children who you've left back home i mean it's you know we it's a huge issue and i think sadly sometimes it's not got the focus it should have um, I think it's very easy to say, oh, lots of people around the world living with HIV. You know, think about it, 65% of those people don't have access to treatment. That's 
that's outrageous. It's it's outrageous that we we have to say that. Mm. And in one way of looking at, it, I suppose, it would be if people go, oh, they're coming over here using our services and taking our, you know, using our NHS, and the, these drugs aren't cheap. If he did get the patents removed on on the drugs, the drugs would be cheaper. We could treat more people in Africa who would stay in Africa, but also in this country, the mm. the price that's of drugs would fall the as well. Point. Wouldn't it? And when people talk about that, you know, the people that we work with at, at George House Trust will say, if I had the opportunity to go back to my home country where I could receive, money, of course I'd go back because yeah. you know what, the people who come here for treatment often are highly qualified people. We work with doctors, teachers, lecturers who want to go back to their home country to put something back into their community. But as I said, if you're faced with, oh, well, I'll either stay here and die Mm -hmm. and won't see my children grow up, in a couple of years I'll die, or would you say I'm going to try and get to a country where I can get the treatment? Of course that's what you're going to do. Yeah, Yeah, And the humanitarian in all of us ought to be saying, we'll look after you. That's yes. what being humans about, surely. And do do the if you can't get from Malawi or from Africa, what problems do the people face? Do they, is there any sort of stigmatisation of people there? Because we're going to talk about stigma in a little while here in Manchester. Yeah. But what do people get if they are HIV or AIDS? Sadly, there are still real levels of stigma in the African community. I think it's you know that there's there's still a lot of people who can't come out about the status for for the fear of how they're going to be perceived, um, and it's a massive issue for African communities. And even when people are here. They often don't want to see people from their home country. Even right. if it's somebody they've no idea who it is, but if it's somebody from their home country, really? I can't meet them because, yeah, but they're HIV positive too, and yes. it's all right. And, you know, there's huge levels of stigma around your cultural issues, religious issues often, mm. um, that, that African people often do find it very difficult to, to overcome, um, which makes it all the more amazing but fantastic that we've got African uh, women and African men as part of our Positive Speakers programme yeah. talking about their experiences. Is it... A stigma over the disease, or is it over a stigma over the connotation of the disease and the gay for it's the African people? Because there are quite a few African little countries and tribes that yeah. aren't exactly tolerant of the gay. It's it's a stigma over both in many senses. Mm. I, th- I think it's a stigma over the way in which people have acquired a particular virus, but it's also a, a stigma that is very hard to defeat around the disease itself. Mm. It's simply seen as something that people shouldn't have yeah. uh, and, and but have and are therefore uh, shunned and, and pushed away from their families and their community still yeah. because of that, still. It's not just... Uh, it's more a gay issue just in, in, Western, in westernised yeah. countries mm. and in African countries it covers all the population quite equally, mm. doesn't it? Yeah, but, but don't forget also in terms of cultural issues for African men, there are a lot of African men who will not identify as gay but will also, when they if you like, have the opportunity where they can, will say they do have sex with men. Mm. <laughs> but won't, and there are whole cultural issues around there. But mm. yeah, I mean, you know, the whole kind of issue for, for gay men is, is a Western issue, really, around the infections for gay men. Any old riffraff can tune in. By the way, I've just got to say hello over to Canada. Oh. Can we say hello to Donna? Hello, Donna. Little Donna Knapsack's listening in Canada. And um, she's just said... Um, where was it? If I bump into Michael Bublé, should I give his bum a squeeze for you? And, more than a squeeze, love. And, and then she just said, sorry, I'm being all silly when the topic is quite serious tonight. That's no, fine. It's nice, though, she's actually got some knickers on for change, apparently. Uh, okay. apparently I noticed on Twitter the other day. And apparently they, they attach Wi-Fi transmitters to the seals to get it through all the snow up there, because, you know, it's a bit backward. 
Oh yes, it's very cold. She's about minus 150 at the moment. Yes, she lives in, in an igloo. She lives in an igloo. She's living in an igloo. Yes. And she said that she, she got to work. She won't mind me telling you this because it was on Twitter, so we have the whole work. Oh, fair enough. She realised halfway through her Monday so that she got her uh, knickers on, out, on uh, inside out. Yeah, and you're broadcasting that. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, don't Twitter me again. We love Donna, but she left us to go back to Canada land. So yes. you know, we'll say what we like about. She's her. not going to come back and get us, <laughs> is she? <laughs> This is Julie Esmond Elsh, aka Hayley Croppy from Coronation Street, and you're listening to Tuesday Night Out. It's not just for the gays, you know. It's not, is it? No. We recorded that actually. We did an interview with Julie last uh-huh. year after the uh, the vigil. Okay, yeah. You stood yeah. on the beacon of hope. Yep. yep. Whilst being attacked by uh, a tranny that appeared on um, the the really bad one that was appeared on Britain's Got Talent. Oh, really? Did, did you watch it last year? Yes, I did. Where Amanda really. Holden goes, I love I love drag queens. Yes, but yes. you're crap. Yes, yes. Yes. He attacked us uh, and was going on and Physically on and on with himself. No, really? just like we stood there pointing and trying to get in and. Strange person. How I fantastic is Julie Hesman House oh, in terms of all the though. support that she gives to this kind she of does. She does. She's, she's wonderful. fantastic. And the reason we played that one then is that she's at, she will be at the vigil next week. She will. She, she's um, reading. Um, she's doing a reading for us in the middle of the vigil. You've not decided yet, have you? I, she'll be doing a reading <laughs> for us just before the minute silence. Excellent yeah. stuff. And it is, it's a very moving vigil. If you've never been to one, I know it's December, I know it's cold, but it's probably not raining as it was in the summer one. It's no different to that, really. Yeah, exactly. uh, so do come along. It is an amazing event. And if you want to see what the event looked like last year, you can actually, if you go to tuesdaynightout.co.uk, uh, I made a little package of, of the vigil that we recorded last year, and someone sent me some pictures that we put to it. Okay. So these pictures of the crowd or with the candles, and it's a, it's a very yeah. moving event, actually. So it have is. a look on there as well. Yeah, I mean, come down, 7 o'clock, Sackville Gardens, Tuesday night. Indeed. Uh, the... Coming back to Manchester, mm-hmm. um, going back to making it more of a the gay village issue. Yeah, what you, we've mentioned stigma. Yeah, before and that you said that's the biggest problem that gay men face or it, anyone it, faces with yeah. HIV. It's one of the biggest issues that gay men report as as one of the biggest issues for them around living with HIV. If, if you were to say, you know, what is the what is the thing you worry about most or that causes you the most stress or anxiety, and people will say. It's the feeling of being stigmatised. It's the feeling of what reaction I'm going to get when I disclose my status to somebody. Um, You know, come on, we're in 2010 almost, and people are still saying this. You know, this is another kind of, if you like, passionate kind of interest of mine is just breaking that barrier down. What is it about gay men that want to stigmatise other gay men? Yes. Because they're HIV positive. I think everyone. I think everyone's got this dream in their head that they're going to run off into the distance and life's yeah. going to be rosy. Absolutely. And HIV is not going to feature in your life. Absolutely. And we can throw away the condoms and, yeah. and live happily ever after. The reality is, HIV is like in our that, community. Yeah, HIV is in our community. Deal with it. What's the estimated rate? Is it one in ten people? One in ten in major kind of cities that have got a, a decent sized gay population. So if you're looking at London, Brighton. Manchester around one in ten people, but of course the other worrying statistic is that it's it's believed that at least a third of gay men who are living with HIV don't know they're living with HIV. So a third of them, that's thirty three percent. Yeah. So we could be looking at three, even four in ten people Absolutely. actually in in the Absolutely. scene in Manchester. Yeah. And one of the problems with that, of course, is that if you if you don't know that you're living with HIV, then you're likely to be diagnosed very late when you're very sick. Yes. You know, so one of the, the, the campaigns, the campaigning themes at the minute is around being tested and being tested early. The oh, earlier you're tested, the better. If I get tested, then I can't I be done for, uh, and, uh, for some criminal act? 
The whole issue of criminalisation was a very big issue some time ago. It still is an issue. The reckless transmission of HIV from one person to another could be seen as grievous bodily harm, and people have been prosecuted for that. But organisations such as ours and Chris Morley, who's our policy and publications person at GHT, is now, if you like, a national figure Mm. around the campaigning against criminalisation. And we're hoping that the whole issue of people being prosecuted will start to hopefully start to fade away just a little bit. Um, okay. the, the most recent ones that have been in court have have not been won, if you like. People have walked away from court right. because it's simply impossible to prove that person A infected person B. So it's a bit of a dud law, then? It's a bit of a dud law that it has okay. been used, and people have been in prison, don't forget that, so it's still a bit of a live issue as well. Right, so, but it's a poor excuse to use for not testing. Absolutely poor excuse. Test now, test early. The earlier you know your diagnosis, the better. Yeah, because it doesn't mean necessarily that if I'm if I'm if I find out I'm positive tomorrow yeah. that I'm going to start a load of drugs at month rest of my not life at all. immediately, not at all. does it? Not at all. You can go for a few years without medication. Some people go for longer without medication. The key thing is to know your status. If you don't yeah. know your HIV status, you can't manage your health. Yeah. And and one of the things I say to every single new gay man who sits in a room with me when I'm doing one-to-one support with them is. I am glad you're sitting in front of me as a gay man diagnosed with HIV. And at that point, their jaw drops to the floor because they think I'm completely bar me. But when I explain to them that they've been the responsible one in going for a test, they're the one who can manage their health, they're the one who can have the medication when they need it, and they're in absolutely the best position than the third of gay men on Canal Street, in whatever bar, in whatever club, who are positive and don't know it. The highest risk of transmission from one gay man to another is when the gay man doesn't know he's positive because people are more more likely to take risks if they don't know they're HIV positive than if they do. So a lot the the most common routes of transmission are from people who don't know their HIV status. And 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 people not also being able to ask or speak about safe sex and negotiate the way around safe sex. And that's but that's the whole issue around disclosure and stigma again, isn't it? You know, if 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 organisations like mine are encouraging gay men to come out about their status, disclose to partners, disclose to potential partners um, who may be one-off partners. If they don't do that or feel they can't because of the stigma and the worry about what might happen, then there's more risk that risky sex will happen. Yes. Yeah. Whereas if people can negotiate in an adult way and disclose their status. Hi, much HIV positive. Is this still going to happen? Yes, it is. Then what are we going to do that means it's safe? Much better way of being able to negotiate and manage safer sex. And you're going to, you are going to enjoy the whole experience a lot more, aren't you? If, you're if it's not in the back of your mind it, that you should have said something or you completely. should have asked. I know I've, I've had meetings with people. Okay. The internet was quite good for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, whereas, you know, you don't like, always like to bring up the subject of a condom. Yeah. Uh, even though that should be the first thing it should that's what you should be with even now without having to discuss it should be the first thing that's there but then you also think well this person might think that i'm hiv positive and not have sex with me if i ask about condoms but it's all that thing about skirting around isn't it yes. where we should be in 2010 almost as a gay community an adult intelligent gay community who know about hiv is that nobody should be afraid of being able to broach the subject so yeah. that you might have had meetings what is wrong with you in one of your meetings saying hello i fancy you are you hiv positive because if you are there's things we need to discuss yeah simple yeah Yeah? i'm not going to reject you i'm not going to say i don't fancy you anymore just because i've learned this it's time we had adult conversations with each other and that people understood that having hiv doesn't mean that you can't have sex doesn't mean that you're not horny doesn't mean that you're not entitled to cop off with somebody 
it's just that their extra responsibilities come with that. But we've got to be adults about it. We've got to grow up and get away from this whole stigmatising nonsense that gay men living with HIV are still experiencing. Hello, this is Julian Clary. Christopher Biggins. Toby Sawyer. Richard Fairbrough. Hayley Crawford. Stuart Coney. No, I say. Mark Gatiss. And on a Tuesday night, I want you all to listen to... Tuesday Night Out. Tuesday Night Out. Tuesday Night Out. Tuesday Night Out. And WFM. It's not just for the gays. Any old riffraff can tune in. So stay in and listen. I was happy in the haze of a drunken hour But heaven knows I'm miserable now I was looking for a job and then I found a job And heaven knows I'm miserable now In my life Why do I give valuable time To people who don't care if I I'm Rowetta, and you're listening to Tuesday Night Out. It's not just for the gays, it's for black Jewish singers too. I think also we need to, I just personally, I think we need to get back to the, the condoms don't seem to be the norm anymore. 
Right. Um, and that if, if they were always normal and always used, people wouldn't have to be having embarrassed conversations and, and thinking ahead because everybody's practising all the time. And I think there seems to be less practice than there ever used to be. Why do you think that is? Oh, how long's a piece of string and how long have you got? I mean, there's so many theories around about why people aren't doing ranging from something that's been labelled condom fatigue. I'm not sure that I go with this one. I don't know. It's about gay men reporting that they're just so goddamn fed up of using them that they don't want to use them anymore. Laziness. I think it's partly to do with laziness, but I do think... The novelty's worn off. Yeah, possibly. But then you've got to ask, why would it, when we're looking at rising infection rates and the likelihood is that somebody in you know, the community, the gay community is likely to know somebody else who's living with HIV. So why would they want to risk with a a partner they don't know having unsafe sex and the chance of passing on HIV? I I don't know. I'm I'm not sure that I buy the the, um, condom fatigue argument. I think there is Is it also to do with self-confidence? The feeling of being loved, being wanted and not rejection? I think that's very insightful. I think there's a lot of um, gay men who will report at the point of diagnosis or at the time around where they, they were um, becoming infected with HIV that their levels of self-esteem were extremely low. Right. Um, so people will. I think it's a really good point to make that people will report, I, I was feeling low about myself, I didn't feel good about myself, copping off with somebody then, how do you then negotiate that when actually you just want them to do what they want to do because it makes you feel better? Yes. But doesn't that also tie in with the way in which we view ourselves as gay men and the way the, mm-hmm. the images we project... I mean, the, we're joking the, here. The about, images that we receive, yeah, as the well, images yes. we're joking about looking on on you know on YouTube at Enrique Iglesias, as gorgeous as he is. But there is this idea it's about world, it? it's not the real world, and and do we as gay men have to aspire to that? And it's the images we set out for ourselves that ultimately, I think, destroy many people's self confidence. And I think that has got a lot to do with it. Yeah. But I think also, if I can say this without sounding too moralistic about it, we have to look within our own community about the role that drugs and alcohol play in our own community and how that affects people's judgment you know let's not run away from that i mean i think sometimes this argument we've not been prepared to have it Mm. often enough that you know somebody i I won't use the swear word but you'll understand which one it is if i say it a friend of mine talked we were having a kind of this political discussion about gay liberation and, and he said to me well that was great we fought for liberation there was all that political movement we got liberation and then we got drunk yes and that was it. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's about saying, you know, aren't we great? We can use drugs, we can get drunk, we mm. can do whatever, and we're free, gay and happy. Mm. Yes. You know, within that freedom came a real sense of people losing control. And I think that's also linked to self-esteem. People use alcohol or drugs to get back some self-esteem. Mm. But I do think we've got to then look at what are the images we're projecting about how gay men should look. Yes. I mean, you can't open uh, a Gay Times or an Attitude magazine. Attitude magazine. Even the cover this month of Sean Maguire on Who on looks Attitude fantastic. Mm. But it's probably, that's probably touched up. Absolutely. But we have to aspire to this mm. ideal that, you know, particularly young gay men, if they, you know, if they, what happens if they don't aspire to that? What happens mm. if they think, I look nothing like that, but I think I should. Yes. Levels of self It's the only way I'm ever going to be attracted to anyone. Absolutely. And if I'm not attractive, I might as well not use condom because that's I'm the only way I've got. If I'm not attractive, yeah, and this guy likes me, I'll let him do what he wants. Because yeah. otherwise, if I say condom, he's going to run a mile, I'm never going to meet anybody again. Yeah. So I think there's that whole thing. But it's also, isn't it, linked in with that whole education thing about how we've missed generations of educating young people around HIV. Mm. We have. And also, do you know, one of the other things that sometimes put me off 
collecting the free packets of condoms into the bar, people think I'm thinking I'm going to score or I'm, or I'm a slag. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? That's really up. interesting, Murray, because we operate for people who are living with HIV in the Northwest, the condoms in the post scheme. Hmm. Anybody who's HIV positive in the Northwest can um, log on to our website and order condoms in the post, and they'll be popped in a jiffy bag and they'll be through your box in no time. Marvellous. And somebody not they'll very be with long you in a jiffy. They'll be in a jiffy. Hey! Hey! Do you remember the jiffy brand? Do you remember? Got a stiffy wear a jiffy. Yeah. You, can, you can use that as a tagline if you want. I Thank you. Copyright. Thanks. I like never yeah. thought of that. Yeah. Um, somebody. <laughs> He's been my block a couple more times than you, love. Somebody, a couple. Somebody emailed in and said, could I have some condoms, please? And he said, this is a fantastic service because when you go in bars and stick a whole packet in your, a whole load of packets in your pocket, people think you're a slag, exclamation mark, and was kind of really laughing about it, but loved the idea of being able to get them. Because we're so, as as a group of gay gay men, we're like old washerwomen on a a fence between the yards. Have you seen her at number 34? Oh, she's done this. (laughs) Exactly. Hitches up the breast. And of course, we do exactly the same thing where, you know, you won't say certain words and it's yes. like that you know I've just gone to the bar and I've just been and gotten condoms yeah exactly have <laughs> you seen her over there she just got three packets mm-hmm. but yeah. isn't it it goes back to the point I made before about just getting back to because I think we had this at one time and I don't know how we lost it when we were kind of you know political gay men if you like and lesbians who fought alongside us in terms of liberation and stuff mm. we weren't afraid to have conversations like that mm. in the open but we seem now to have lost that ability in our community to say you know, if you're in a cop-off situation, yes, we've just copped off, you and me, all right? Have you got condoms? Because if you haven't, I'll go and get some there at the bar because we yeah. need to use them. It's that simple, isn't it? Yes. But but why doesn't that happen? Why know. is it not broached? Why can we not be honest? Why can we not say, yes, I've just copped off with you, just need to tell you I'm HIV positive? Yes. Oh, okay, then, well, let's just go home, got your condoms in your pocket. It should yeah. be that simple. It shouldn't be an issue. Because you're not going to catch it if you, if you do that. Absolutely, no. absolutely. You know, p- positive gay men have sex, should have sex, can have sex. Yeah? Yes. And those men with whom they well, obviously off, are having sex, although there's no one else to be catching it. Exactly. So are, are having sex. You know, people should not be afraid of, of people who disclose their status. It's a hugely, if I can use the word, although it sounds a bit patronising, but brave thing to do. Mm. Oh, um, it is. You know, and we, we're looking next year at running a campaign amongst the gay community, which is on two levels one is about stigma and one is about educating people about risk and, and sex and it's going to be aimed at negative and perceived negative gay men that says things like if you cop off with somebody who tells you he's HIV positive don't run a mile mm-hmm. he's telling you because he wants you to know what you should then do talk to him about it you know it's yes. going to be that kind of and I want volunteers out in the village giving them out and talking to people mm-hmm. and it's what I keep saying and I know it's like an old worn record but HIV is in our community Deal with it. It's not going away, is it? Deal with it. And that's according, what we've got according to, to do. new figures out today, it's getting worse. Absolutely. Amongst gay men. Deal with it. That's, that's what we have to do. According to a UNAIDS, uh, which I suppose is the United Nations, yeah. uh, it's falling in the rest of the world, the rate of infection, but it's actually increasing amongst gay men. But one of the issues that we m- mustn't miss as well, though, is that in, when reports come out like this that say that all figures are rising, we don't know if that's something to do with more gay men going to be tested. Right. And if that is the case, that's a damn good thing. That's a fabulous thing. Yeah, so if it means that more gay men, and, and uh, you know, clinic research does show that more gay men are going to be tested. Um, but rates are rising. But please, let's have the honest discussion with each other when we're in those situations. Okay, well, we'll I, do... I, we'll, I, can I just... 
Oh, she's here. Can I just raise Has your own Enrique video finished, love? No, the computer's decided it wants to restart, <laughs> so I've had to shut everything down there. So I was going to say, before you came to me, so, well, let's have some gay news. There's nothing on my screen at the moment. <laughs> no, no, I've got, some, I've got that. So if you're listening, Donna, sorry, that's why I've disappeared from you. Then. Oh, you're not supposed um, to give out personal messages on the radiogram. I, I, I know, but... She's in Canadian, I, I, She's I, got work to do. Murray may find this very hard to believe, but sometimes I actually do bits of research for this show. Ooh. I know. I, I take sort of more obscure points and look at them. Oh, okay. And I've been on a few homosexual sites. Mm-hmm. And you get... The, the dating sort. Yes, you hmm. get mixed messages from people's profiles. Hmm. Because I've... I'm not going to say which one. I looked at it. And, and in their status bar for, you know, your little profile bit, age, height, weight, yes. size of your willy and all of that thing. And Top, they always bottom. say, yeah, safer sex, question mark. And yes. a lot of people put always in there. Then when you go further down into activities I like doing, they've got always for safer sex, but they've put barebacking down mm. as something they enjoy doing. Mm. So it's like they don't even know where they're at with it. So if that person doesn't know, how do you know but I where think, you are with someone well, else? I'm not sure I agree. I think they probably do know where they're at with it. But I think the levels of stigma and the way in which people are treated when they're disclosed mean that that kind of you know self-censorship, if you mm. like, means that people feel they have to put... I always play safe sex, actually. Yes. yes. It's, it's often the case when people are diagnosed. But three gins later, I don't. Yes. Right. It's <laughs> often the you know, when, when people are diagnosed, and certainly, again, my experience of working with gay men, you know, one of the things I'll ask is... Have, do you have any issues about how you became positive? I don't. Mm. It's not my my business to know, but mm. it, and people will say, "Well, I don't know how it happened because I've never had unsafe sex," and it's mm. just simply self censorship and self denial. But that's again all about the stigma. So mm. people will put that stuff because they feel they're expected to say it. And in a world where on those sites they could say, "Do you know what? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but let's talk about it." Yeah, mm. we'd be far further on in terms of slowing down the rate of transmission. Mm. Hi, it's Christopher Biggins, and on a Tuesday night, I want you all to go out. So, why don't you listen to Tuesday Night Out? We could do, couldn't we? Shall we listen? Well, I think people should. I think it's trouble. Jolly if we, fine. If actually. we just if we just sat here listening and not saying anything, it, we'd, we'd find it very dull. Sitting here eating chocolates. Yes, actually, I've not had one for a while. Do you want another no, one? Any less, boys? Yes. Would you like some fudge again? Yes, I'll pack some fudge. Oh, oh thank you very much. Oh, I hit you, Mike. Marvelous. Yes. So I'll have the fudge. Oh, no, Pass in the next I'm not break. Sit now. So we, we said before uh, we were going to talk uh, just quickly about testing because yeah. when, I remember when I first went for my first HIV test a few years ago at Gum Clinic at Withington Hospital. Yeah. You waited a fortnight. Yeah, yeah, dreadful weights. Yeah, and it is, an, it is an awful way, and that mm. puts people off. Of course it uh, is. But nowadays, I was I was in the LGF, the Lesbian mm-hmm. Gay Foundation on Princess Street, on Friday last week, stood in the toilets, minding my own business, the poster, every Thursday, six till eight or something, the yeah. LGF. Rapid you get, testing. You can get tested within 60 seconds yep. for free. Yep. And why don't people do it? Exactly. Get Every, out there and go and, and, and be tested. And Body Positive do it as well. Body Positive have got um, a rapid testing stuff as well that, that they've been very keen on promoting um, testing in the community and they've done some stuff with Spirit Bar now on, on Canal yes, Street. Yes, they do. Is it Wednesday? Really, is that I, I think so. I think it is, but the Body yeah. Positive website will, will tell you. Um, but Spirit have been really kind of community-minded in terms of hosting that for them, which I think is fantastic. It's, yes. you know, it's taking, taking testing out there to the community. How easy can it be? Indeed. You know, you don't have to sit on the phone forever at a, to a 
clinic with a you know the engaged number for men's appointments like you used to do. Yeah, you can go anywhere. So you know, it, it is about being real about it. But it's also a mark of how how bad it isn't these days with regard to living with HIV. Yeah, because you used yeah. to have all the counselling and yeah. you know. But you would still get that. You would still get pre and post test counselling if, right. if your result was positive, um, because that's still really important. You know, despite what what I can sit here and with my professional head on and say, mm. you know, it's it's much easier than it ever was. Then it's still a shock when people receive yes. a, receive a result. So you know, it, it is easy to test, and people should. We're branding a campaign with the Lesbian and Gay Foundation in the run up to Christmas, which is a testing campaign. Um, and and as an organisation, we've never strayed into the territory of promoting HIV testing before because we're an organisation who works with positive people. Yeah. Um, but we felt that branding a testing campaign was really important, and so we, we've um, branded that with the Lesbian and Gay Foundation testing, and and it's a campaign that's under the banner of it's that simple, and it's a, it's just saying know your status, live your life, it's that simple. And if things do go wrong and uh, and your whole life falls apart, which it could do, yeah. there are people around to help you out with that, one of which is the George House Trust. If your life starts to feel like it's falling apart, you call us and you come in and see us and we'll do everything we can to support you. And one, let's talk about uh, campaigns that George House Trust runs, which we should give out your contact details. We'll do sure. it again at the end, but just yeah. tell us your contact details. Yeah, go on. Uh, website is www.ght.org.uk. It was a bugger when it used to be George House Trust. Oh, it's yes, yeah. Tight, like. oh. Oh, yeah, it's oh, just ght.org.uk. Yeah. Dead easy now. Um, telephone number is two seven four double four double nine. Cool, that'll do. Uh, but you, you yeah. I know that's the only way you get in touch. Uh, and you run a positive speakers program, don't we you? We do. We run a. Tell we, us about that. The, the positive speakers program was set up um, to basically provide people who are living with HIV to go into schools, colleges, workplaces again. And we talked about this before, but it's something we keep coming back to 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 challenge stig- stigma and stigmatizing attitudes. So we have positive speakers who go out talk about their lives with HIV, talk about how they're real people and human beings getting on with their lives. So it, it's it's um, entirely aimed at trying to reduce stigma. And there's a lot of good work that goes on in schools and colleges. Um, and we get lots of requests for the sp- positive speakers to to go along and talk to classes and and um, work workplaces and colleges and more as we in, in the run up to World AIDS Day getting lots of requests for those really really good and uh, our positive speaker scheme was highly commended in the mm. public health service awards the other week oh wow so that's really good we didn't win which would have been nice too but hey we were highly commended that's and um, yeah Kath Morgan who's uh, who's positive speakers program manager has done a fantastic job. Um, uh, of training them they're fully trained volunteers with us who uh, are okay. positive speakers so they yeah, get training we, it's last august just before in the run-up to the big weekend of uh of manchester pride there was the secrets and lives the yeah. event actually positive speakers coming out to gay men which yeah. is like one of the last big like we talked about stigma and it's more in the village amongst yeah. other than our amongst our peers than it is anywhere else so we I actually went along and recorded the event so it's not brilliant but i'm going to just play you one of the positive speakers he read out a little poem and then you interviewed him, so yeah. we'll, we'll see how good this is, because it's, uh, I mean, levels are not brilliant, so hang mm-hmm. by with me for a second. Okay. One day I was walking down the street, I wondered about me, so I thought I'd write it down for everyone to see, I'm positive. I'm open about who I am, so be honest, I just don't care, you can't care what people think when 18 you lost all your hair, I'm positive. Lovable and emotional, so much so, it's quite sad. One day when I was all alone, I cried at the Andrex ad. And by the way, I'm positive. I doubt you'll believe this, but some people call me loud. I've been out since I was 14, I'm definitely proud. And I'm positive. 
I've been a right one, me, since I was very young. Dressing in my mum's clothes, she thought, oh, fuck, it's the gun. <laughs> and I'm positive. My friends have always been a big part of my life. They've been through the good times, the trouble and the strife. I'm positive. I never thought I would be here with you today, but I'm looking at your faces and you're listening to what I have to say. <laughs> I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough road to be honest. For a moment, I lost me. But I am who I am today, thanks to friends in GHT. <laughs> I'm positive. I got through my journey with love, support, and friends. I can't think of another rhyme, so I'm just going to move on to the end. <laughs> Being positive isn't everything. I am right here today. I'm just a cocky young lad called Craig who's got a lot to say. Thank you. There's a kind of deal with it, attitude there. Yes. Is that what it's about? Yeah, no, definitely. I think when you get an HIV diagnosis, that's all you can think about. You think, that's all I am. And I think when you disclose to people or all through your HIV journey, that's if you concentrate on just the HIV, I am a lot more than just being positive. I am HIV is the first thing I think of in the morning, the last thing I think of when I go to sleep, but it isn't all, all right. Right, that's fine. Fantastic. What has been part of the Positive Speakers programme meant to you? Because I know that you've done speeches in colleges and places, haven't you? Schools, schools. workplaces. What has it meant to you? Um, it's, given me a, it's given me strength for it personally, but to be honest, it's just hearing people's opinions. And as much as we say that, you know, attitudes are changing, I actually think some attitudes are changing. Right. And see, it's really funny because when you go to schools and you get 16-year-old young lads asking you questions and wanting to know where you get HIV tests, you get 16-year-old lads and girls who will stand up and then report and, sh and applaud you and shake your hand after. And I think, yeah, okay, maybe attitudes are changing, but I think we might be getting there. I think with programmes like what CAF does and you know, what we're all doing, I think, I think maybe they are changing, but... And you're a part of that? Yeah. You're a part of it. This man is a part of that. A lovely Craig there. Mm. It was a, a, a brilliant event. There was three speakers on that night. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was it was the, the the what we were trying to do, I suppose, was to if you like bring a bit of politics with a small p back into Pride and 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 you know make sure that HIV stayed within it. it you know, it was it was a real attempt to reach out and say, listen to people's voices and and you know let's do something about it. I thought it was a fantastic event. It was brilliant. It was brilliant, and it was nice that that Craig got so much from it as well. I know Craig. I've worked with Craig. Yeah, I've and, Craig a couple of times now. And he that. is fantastic. You know, you listen to that poem, you hear him speak, and I think the strength that he has, the bravery that he has, the insight he has is fantastic and inspiring. It is. Brilliant. So how do we get hold... Oh, can we go to any more events like that? Are you planning on holding any more events, do you think? Um, I'm not sure. I think yeah. you should. Yeah, I think we probably should. I think we, I'd like to do... Well, we, I, as if it's, it's, it's my organisation. It's the place, you know. I don't know who I think Full I am. Now, Tim. Um, I think um, it would be good to do something. I think we'll, we'd be looking again to do something around Pride. I'd like to perhaps look at doing something like a public debate rather than a, 
you know, have something with the positive speakers as well, but maybe a public debate. Like we, we had a few years ago a debate in the village that, that some local MPs came to and just hmm. looked at kind of HIV in the community. Just have that, again, that honest discussion. So we should be out there doing that kind of stuff and, and having positive speakers talking about their lives and what, what it means to them, like Craig. Excellent. Well, Colin, thank you for coming on with us. My pleasure. We're not going to get rid of it, but you can just relax for a few more right, minutes yeah. now. Uh, have just, a chockey. Just <laughs> another, another one. one. I think another there's, one. There's, there's about three left. Do you think at least I've got my whole packet of custard cream to take out? Oh. So you can at least relax. We're going to actually do the gay news in a minute that we, that we promised throughout. But yeah. thank you so much for coming on. And, of my course, it, the vigil is next Tuesday, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock in Sackville Gardens. Nothing is so good, it lasts eternally. Situations must go wrong But this has never yet prevented me Wanting far too much for far too long Looking back I could have played it differently
to see a play with a homosexual? He'll be using moisturizer next. It's a slippery slope, that's all I'm saying. Hello, this is Julian Clary on Tuesday Night Out. It's not just for the gays. Lorry drivers listen as well. Oh, we've done that one. Yes, you want Sorry. Mrs. He wanted Mrs. Slocum. Find Mrs. Slocum. Come on. The last time I was late, a fireman had to climb out of my bedroom window and risk his life on a narrow ledge trying to grab hold of my pussy. Ooh, nasty gash. We could just see. We've not played. We've not played many items. We'll hit them all. Yes. Well, they weren't really appropriate for some of the things we've talked about tonight, are they? But that Elaine Page and Barbara Dixon. I don't know, I was going to say my, my onset of bleeding is a nasty gash. That worked perfectly. Oh, yes, well. Anthony's had to go and rescue himself from from a nasty gash this a evening. A nasty gash, know. yes, I know. Yes, oh, well, the carpet's a little redder than it was when we arrived. Mm. But hey-ho. Uh, yes, I've got a story, in fact. We've, we're all just talking about stories we've, we've attached to songs. I did that in drag once, Elaine did Page you? and Barbara Dixon. I was Elaine Page, <laughs> and my friend was Barbara Dixon. Was it you, EP? Yes, I had to <laughs> kneel down with shoes on the front, and, <laughs> and my mate had to stand there, because you know, she's a bit bigger Barbara Dixon. With a huge Yes. yes, and he looked Short fabulous. Week. I look awful in drag, <laughs> it has to be said. So anyway, should we do some gay news? Well, not gay news, just general news. How about this one? <laughs> this week on X Factor, it is Elton John and Take That Week. Elton John and Take That? Yes. So they've got, they've got to do a song by Elton John or Take That? No, no, it's both, because now we've got down to the last five. five. Oh, they right, do so two, two songs. songs. Oh, so they've got to do an Elton oh. song and a Take That and song. Take That song. Yes. Well, we Danny know, Let Slip on Twitter. We know all about the kerfuffle that Take That Week caused last year, and Danny Ooh. Minogue crying, oh, and Louis Walsh yes. saying that you'd stolen a song from her that he wanted for his artist. Well, they'll be able to do Don't Let Your Sun Go Down on Me Again, won't they? Because that was a proper Elton Rosie complaint last week. Oh, but... Joe doing that. Fancy Joe doing that. <laughs> Don't let your Louis Wells go down on me. Uh, so, but I'm sure Louis will have something to say about the rule book on that one. But also, yes. other John and Ed, John, uh, X Factor news, mm. hooray, John and Edward gone. Hooray. Oh, yes. We've had such a great time doing this. But we are a bit but, dim. Oh, it, I tell you, when they got to the sing-off and they did no matter what, oh, the, amount of comment, the amount of comments I saw online saying, I bet Stephen Gately's turning in his grave. <laughs> it was, it was but really But then, of course, bad. I did see other comments along the lines of, well, he, they were still better than Mariah. Carrie, um, yeah, like Carrie going. I can't even hit that note. But oh. she went. She just. I'll do every oh, note was, I possibly yeah. can mm. in one go. I thought Susan Boyle was the best. On so the did I, yes. She was fantastic. She's Although, a bit strange. No, but she was fantastic. As I did point out on the old Facebook, though, in there, you know, the, the big flashy intro they do for everyone now. Yes, it said Mariah Carey, two hundred million albums sold in the adverts that were on straight after for her her album that's out now. It said one hundred and seventy five million albums sold, and I thought to myself, hmm, twenty five million people saw her performance and returned their albums. It also away. said the world's best selling female artist. Yes, no, that's Madonna. I don't know if she is anymore. Oh, according to someone on Facebook, yeah. they said Madonna is still a bigger seller than that. Oh, right. And how's, how's Burley Chassis done in all this? She must have sold a few records in she the years. probably has, yes. Indeed. So, but Mariah Carey, no. No. Oh, no. God. But John and Edward may be going to the jungle. In I'm a celebrity, leave me in here. So Actually, they're not going there. They're just going to find some bit of jungle somewhere, dump them in it and go, yeah, you're on the telly, lads. Oh, yeah. Off you go. Yes. Oh, Jordan should be along in a minute. The, camp, the camp's just down there. Louis Walsh is waiting. Sorry to say camp, we meant camp man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hello, boys. I'm feeling young again. I bet you are, Louis. <sighs> oh, what happened there? 
Thank you. Indeed. Yes. So they've been offered apparently £50,000 to go into the jungle. I haven't watched any of it actually, so uh, I'd be pleased if they did because I just oh, awful. But I was really shocked the, that Ollie first, was in the bottom, Ollie bottom two. Yes, I thought he was dreadful on Saturday. He was pretty dreadful. He's, he's, he's first flat. Half, he first half yes. was out of tune. Yep, he was out of tune, and he he didn't sing very well. Basically. And it, it was no. only Danny Minogue that pointed out that he sang out of tune. But Cheryl also pointed out that that she Daniel said, she said Daniel, Daniel was, was out of tune. And he was at the beginning, if you listen. Yeah, to Yeah, little bit, but not as much as Ollie was. Mm, no, I agree. Indeed. Right. Anyway, that's X Factor. It's. I think Lloyd's going to leave this week. That leaves my top four. They're my favourite top four of Daniel, um, Stacey, Ollie, and Joe. Right. I can't sure. decide who, who to sure. go who's next. I, I. I think Daniel to go after that. No. Top three: Ollie, um, Stacey, and Joe. No, I think it'll be Daniel, Stacey, and Joe. And mm. who's going to win? Joe. You think Joe? Joe? Oh, I don't know. I don't. Watch, I don't like him that much. He he's very stage school. He's yeah. very West End. He'll end up in in Greece or something or one of those. Well, if Diana Vickers can do West End, then he definitely. Oh, Diana can. was fantastic. Though I loved <laughs> Diana. She yeah, the claw. The claw. <laughs> anyway, but anyone like any gay news? No, I'm having more fun doing Hector's facts than news. It's far more fun. No, I think I th- I'd like Stacey to win. I don't think she will. The, I love Stacey the only too. thing with Stacey is fabulous. She's she's two different people. You've got singing Stacey, which yes. is all beautiful, and then you've got oh my god, Stacey, I did this and I just came on and was there. Louis said this and Tom said that. I thought it was absolutely amazing, and I was just thought, I'm missing, and I don't want to get away. And you said that thing to Take a breath, love. That's a really good impersonation. Thank you. Really He's quite good. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do an impression of a singing, but oh god, no, because she can. Oh, she can belt them out. Oh, I know. She's, she's got a really great voice, but. It's just mm. when she opens a gob afterwards. Well, I don't like Joe. Joe stands like he needs a poo. He stands lean to one side. He's like, ooh, I'm straining for this one. <laughs> so, yes. So that annoys me. And then Daniel I just, is just a diva. Oh, come on. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't no. care. I think he's got a great voice, though. If you didn't have to voice. look at him. Yes. Oh, no, I quite. Good voice, like. but, oh, the arrogance. Apparently he's going to have an upbeat song this week. Oh, who cares? Oh, yeah, Simon has said. Great. Push him off the stage for me. That would be quite oh, Nasty gas. <laughs> right, gay news time. Okay, then. Um, a straight couple who have tried to apply for a civil <laughs> partnership this morning have said they're willing to take their case to the European Court of Human Rights. Tom Freeman and Catherine Doyle, both 25, arrived at Islington Town Hall in London, that down south London town. Wearing clothes they'd made yeah. themselves. That's where Stacey's from and everything, you know, because no, they went this morning to register their intention to have a civil partnership, and that's anticipated they were given a list of refusal, I mean, it was terrible. Head of Democratic Services John Lynch wrote, I do not wish to complain on rules of marriage, but I'll point out that part one of the Civil Partnership Act 2004 states that the civil partnership is a relationship between two people of the same sex and therefore we will not be able to take advantage of your civil partnership, civil partnership. Oh, what's that word I'm looking for? It's gay. Well, I just thought it was a very long report, so I'd cut it down by reading it Stacey style. Uh, speaking outside the building, the couple said, Today we've been refused access to a legal institution because of our sexuality. We are saddened and disappointed. In a democratic state, all institutions should be open to all people. We are going to take legal advice and take it to the European Court of Human Rights if necessary. It is thought that the ban may breach the European Convention of Human Rights with regards to Articles 8... 12 and 24. Oh, also, which, which also brought to us today by the letters <laughs> L, Q and R. Uh, these refer to the right to privacy, marriage and freedom from discrimination. M- Ms Doyle told pinknews.co.uk So do it again. 
It's hard because we've seen this escape couple that's come by civil partnerships in a way. We've been some kind of negative from the gay community. But we're having but isn't no gay people are really campaigning for equal marriage. I mean, we're coming in as a straight couple, campaigning for straight couples' rights. We can't really campaign about the gay community. But we're implication we're the marriage will be able to do both ways. She added. <laughs> I remember talking to gay colleagues and them saying, well, well, we like civil partnerships, it's just for us and I think that's fine, but you should have the choice. We have a lot of gay couples who want marriage of straight couples who want civil partnerships. That's beside the point. The fact is, you have the choice in a democratic society. Gay rights activist Peter Tatchell, who turned up to the opening of a fridge the other week, <laughs> who is supporting the couple, gosh, there's a surprise, said, Tom and Kathleen's application is supported by myself and outrage. We have long campaigned against homophobic discrimination, but we're equally opposed to discrimination against heterosexual couples. The law should be equal for everyone. Excuse me. Someone's opening an envelope somewhere. I need to be at it. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, I, I agree with what you say, but no, I think that it should be fully equal, and it's a good way. I think yeah. it's a good way of, of looking at it. It's, it's to get full equality. Why can't straight people have a civil, a civil partnership? partnership? There's nothing wrong because with they it. can get married, but they don't want to. If they don't like the way of marriage, therefore we should all be completely equal. Is what you're saying, and it's but, a good way of fighting it. I think. But what is the point they're trying to make? Is it essentially homophobic? As it's in you, oh, it's heterophobic. You, know, you nasty gays can do it, so we no. want to. I just don't get why they want to do it i don't i don't understand what the yeah. reasoning is yeah because it feels slightly homophobic to me it is but i think that it, but peter has called it heterophobic well this isn't is it anyway because they've already got bigger Lord rights Lord. than us but he's using it obviously because there's, there's a bandwagon and he needs a lift mm. so anyway lord chris smith I'm celebrates sure 25 years of being an out gay politician mm. yes and hiv positive as we all know chris smith came out about his hiv status many did he? Long months ago, yes. Oh, I didn't. Mm. I'm, that's mm-hmm. not on my report. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. And he said nasty gash. Mm-hmm. Not quite appropriate. Uh, Lord Chris Smith celebrates 25 years of being an out gay politician. Uh, he's the first openly gay MP. Wow. 25 years ago today, Smith began a speech to, uh, to, uh, to a rally in rugby, Warwickshire, against a possible ban on gay employees by the town council with the words, Good afternoon, I'm Chris Smith, I'm the Labour MP for Islington South and Finsbury, and I'm gay. To mark his silver anniversary, LGBT Labour is holding a celebratory dinner in central London next week. Funds from the dinner party will go towards Dorothy's List. The LGBT Labour campaign fund for openly LGBT candidates standing for Labour at the coming general election. Is it going to be an election soon, anyone? Yeah. Oh, oh. Sorry, not with the table. Oh, careful, Anthony. Yes. So, well done. Um, oh, yes. In 2005, he revealed he had HIV and became a life peer in the House of Lords after stepping down from the Commons. He's currently chair of the Environment Agency. So well done to Chris Smith. Absolutely, well done. Yeah. Do you know, I, I see the House of Lords and I think to myself, hmm, nice place to have a kip. Yes. Love, some, some lovely clothes to dress and up in. Lovely, no wonder lo- he's gone there. Lovely, nice plush seats as well. It's, it's, possibly, it's possibly the plushest nursing home you're ever going to see in is. your life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, um, I'll, I'll do a serious one for you now, because following on from last week, uh, thousands of people attended a vigil in New York last night for George Stephen Lopez Mercado, the gay Puerto Rico teenager who was murdered earlier this month. The gathering in New York was held at Pier 46 on the edges of the city's West Village. Council Speaker Christine Quinn, an out lesbian, said, the attack against any American because of their sexual orientation or gender identity is unacceptable and will be prosecuted to the highest and fullest extent of the law. A number of other vigils have been held in cities around the US. Lopez Mercado, a fashion student, was found burnt and dismembered on Friday the 20th of November on a road in KI. A suspect, Juan A. Martinez Matos, uh, allegedly murdered the 19-year-old after finding out he was a man when he picked him up in a red light district. 
It's been reported that he'll use the gay panic defence and claim that he reacted violently when Lopez made sexual advances towards mm. him. Gay rights groups are calling for him to be prosecuted under new laws on homophobic hatred. Uh, Matos could be one of the first to be tried under the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act, which offers federal protection against hate crimes motivated by homophobia and transphobia. The law was signed by President Barack Obama last month. Mm. It's you. awful, isn't it? A panic. How long do you panic for to do that? Yes, I, I, panicked so I, killed I panicked so much that I killed him and burnt him and chopped parts of his body off. Yeah, I was, was I was in such a state. Mm. How old was he? Nineteen. Nineteen. Oh gosh, it's awful, isn't it? I'm going to come back after the uh, after um, track with another attack in Liverpool. Hmm? Another one. Another attack in well, Liverpool. Well, you do okay. the attack in Liverpool, and I'll do the church leaders in Liverpool. But this week, it's not bashing the bishop. And we do like to bash the bishop. We do like to bash the bishop. We've got a bed for it. Rock Hudson, Michael Barrymore, Elton John, all married before they went the other way. Mother, one night at the theatre is not going to turn Ken gay. And you're right. At his age, it's very hard to break into something new. Do you, quickly, do you have Liverpool story? Unfortunately, one as well, there's too. been another homophobic attack in the, the in the Liverpool. A gay 19-year-old student was beaten by eight boys last week in Liverpool city centre for being flamboyantly dressed. Uh, he says he gets attacked all the time and gets abuse shouted at him. The boys were between 12 and 14 years old, which is the same age as the group that attacked James Parks. Mm. The yeah, they were really young, yeah. But yeah. uh, following on from that, though, leaders of the six main Christian churches in Liverpool have released a joint statement condemning homophobia in the city. The message, released on the eve of vigil earlier this month, affirmed their commitment stamping out anti-gay violence in the wake of, unfortunately, the death of Michael Causa, the attack on James Park and this recent 19-year-old. The statement came from the Roman Catholic, Anglican, Methodist, United Reformed, Baptist and Society of Friends, bracket, Quakers, churches. It said, the church leaders condemn this latest homophobic attack and extend their extend their sympathy to James Park's family. We are concerned by the number of homophobic incidents on Merseyside. The leaders of the church in Liverpool believe it's wrong for anyone in the community of which we're all part to be victimised or threatened with victimisation on account of their race, creed, colour or sexual orientation. We affirm our commitment to work with others to build a community where all can have their place of belonging, feel welcome and live in safety. I think that's your subtle hint that we need some Bjork and we've got to go. That's us done for the evening, I'm afraid, boys. Oh. Thank you so much for coming in, Colin. It's lovely to see you as always. Thank you yes. for having me. We shall see you at the vigil next week. You will, absolutely. And we are going to record it mm. with our reel to reel wax disc system. <laughs> and we are going to play it out on the show next week Fantastic. at the uh, sometime between uh, 10 and 11 o'clock. Not uh, ten, yeah, 10 and 11 o'clock. Yeah. We're on. Fine. Yeah, marvellous. Yeah, should we go home then? Yeah, go on then. Good night, everyone. Here's Bjork. <laughs>
end of the Tuesday Night Out podcast. Don't forget, you can listen to it live every Tuesday evening, 9 o'clock, on wfmradio.org. And get the podcast at tuesdaynightout.co.uk.